64 Tacos Podcasts presents. Is this song good? This is episode 27. Nell Smith and the Flaming Lips, Girl in Amber. Okay, uh, welcome back to uh, Is This Song Good podcast, a 64 ta- Tacos podcast. Uh, this time we're doing a, uh, a co- another cover. Um, this one is called Girl in Amber. Uh, it's bu- going to be by uh, Nell Smith and Flaming Lips, um, which is and it's a cover of the uh, Nick Cave song. Uh, so I've, I'd never actually heard either one of these uh, songs before um so i was kind of using this as an opportunity to dive into something sort of fresh and new um i really like the simplicity and the kind of atmosphere of the of the nick cave song um but uh and, and then it the uh the cover goes in a kind of different direction um uh adding more instrumental stuff to it but uh what, what do you guys think well it's it's one of those great it's one of those great Nick Cave songs. Um, I actually hadn't heard this one either, which I was surprised. Um, as you know, considering I've been kind of on a Nick Cage binge lately, but um, he—I don't know if this is based on an actual event or what. Um, I didn't bother looking into that, but it kind of feels like it is. Um, He—it's—it's it's, Nick Cave has this. I feel like he writes his lyrics and then he writes a song and then he mashes them together sometimes. And this is one of the ones where the lyrics just don't quite fit the meter of the song. He just kind of adds a little bit extra on the end of where, where the normal temp, you know, the, the beat would have should have ended because he wants to get his message across. And I love that he writes his lyrics the way he does. Um, he's, he's a great lyricist in my opinion. Um, and it, that, that's the, the, that was the big problem for me for this. Um, it just didn't quite seem to fit in within the music. Um, the, the atmosphere of the music was very good, but the, the blending of the rhythm of the lyrics and the rhythm of the music just felt odd. Um, whereas the, uh, the flaming lips. I, I keep. I can't remember the girl's name. The flaming lips. Uh, yeah. Now. Version. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> they seemed to fix that, and I loved it. Um, her her interpretation of the lyrics, and I don't think they were identical. A lot of it was similar, but there were some things missing. Um, she just kind of. It just felt more natural. Maybe that was the flaming lips making the adjusting the music to fit the lyrics better. Um, but yeah, the the extra instrument. To, of the flaming lips was really neat um as it always is with the flaming lips they they're just a such a bizarre band mm-hmm. but um yeah that was that was my my take on it um what you, what were you thinking dan so i i was at the little reading because when i listened to the i hadn't heard either version um uh it was new to me as well um i uh when i when i was listening to it i was like man this is this feels very, very dark uh, and very grim. <laughs> um, the the Nick, I listened to the Nick Cave version first because um, it was the original, and so I did a little reading while I was uh, while I was listening, 
<clears throat> initially. And uh, so it was a song that he had going. He had been writing it. And then his son, who was 15, fell off a cliff and died, um, like a 60-foot cliff or something, according to Wikipedia. Um, so, yeah, he fell off a cliff and died while they were working on this album, you know, five, five six years ago. And um, so that song, even though it kind of existed and it was mostly done, I think he said he added the line about her little blue-eyed boy. Um to it but mm-hmm. for the most part the rest of it had kind of existed and hadn't really like he, i think he said he came up with the the name of the song cave uh, or girl in amber first and then sort of wrote a song around the idea of you know to me it, it was about being stuck uh, you know um and then when you when you read about you know her son dying her you know his wife's son dying it's stuck in grief you know and, and that totally made mm-hmm. sense so um that that was what you know wikipedia has to say about what the song means um i it's interesting that that you said that it 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 didn't it didn't seem to fit the music quite uh the music has basically no percussion just a little bit of minimal percussion and it's mm-hmm. and it's it's driven by sort of like moody like uh chord changes and it's it's almost a little out of time and you're right. His delivery is not on the beat. Um, I didn't think that really was a big negative um, for me. Um, I, I do. When you said it didn't seem like it fit the music and the in the beat and the rhythm, I was like, oh no, I know exactly what you're talking about. I thought that too. Um, and so I wonder if he had been a little more, if he had been a little less. Uh, I think they call it rubato, where you just sort of stretch it out and don't adhere to, to the beat um, as, mm-hmm. as carefully. Um, it's a little more free time um, when, when you're performing, if he had been a little more precise, if the song would have been more effective. And I, you know, I actually think you might be right about that, but I really liked, liked is not the right word. I, I found it really effective. Um, the mood yes. it created. No, that, that is true. Yeah. was, was really, yeah. really, you know, uh, it, it was immersive and oppressive. Like it was, it was very dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I read a little, and by read I mean I skimmed because I don't read things thoroughly. Um, a little blurb about what he thought of um, Nell's version of it, and um, he really liked it. Um, he really liked her interpretation of the lyrics and how she sang it. He never felt that he was able to take himself out of the song enough to be able to deliver it correctly. Um, and he felt that she was, she did a really good job of, um, you know, because it was too close to him, I guess is what, is what he thought. So she was able to, you know, to do the song and uh, not, not be burdened by that. And he really, really liked that about her version of it. I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. That kind of makes sense when you learn what the song must mean to him. Um, yeah. as far as the, uh, the Nell and flaming lips version, I, you know, she's only, I think it was like 13 or something when she recorded it, which you wouldn't guess, um, based on her delivery. I, I, um, I, you know how I love kids, you know, performing. Yeah, it's music, your favorite. Right? Uh, honestly, that, that is, is, it is zero problem at all for me on this song. I, I, I thought she just did it, did a really good job. 
um, without it didn't feel forced or like she was trying super hard or anything. Yeah, I think the flaming lips helped a lot with that. They're they're putting their their touch on everything because um, helped take away the uh, the youngness in her voice. Um, not not that she doesn't sound young still, but it um, it made it made it fit. And if you told me it was she was twenty three, I would I would have believed you. It didn't it didn't sound particularly affected or particularly you know oh that's got to be a little kid or anything you know. Um, I actually mm-hmm. I think this if I just heard this I would have said wow this is a really good uh, Flaming Lips song, but I think it something about adding the drums and locking it in probably made it work better for you, Dave. Like with the with the vocals feeling like they more naturally sit in the music. But I, I liked mm-hmm. I liked the I liked it a little bit less because I feel like it drained away some of the emotion and and mood from the song. Although it was still you know you know effective, but when you jump straight from the uh, Nick Cave version into the into the um the the Nell and Flaming Lips version, I I, I feel like it's good. Um, it's it's more it's more listenable. Uh, I don't think I would pop the Nick Cave version on and. You know, unless I'm sitting quietly smoking cigarettes and con- contemplating suicide, I don't think that that's what, something that I would do normally. Um, it's just uh, it's one of those songs that you, it's not easy listening exactly. And it's, it's just a little bit too dark and oppressive. But I, I feel like it accomplishes what it's trying to do really well. And you lose a little bit of that in the uh, in the cover version. What are your thoughts, uh, Zach? Yeah, the uh, you know the I I did like how the you know the instrumental gaps were kind of filled in with the flaming lips. I mean the the Nick Cave there's there's definitely more stuff going on, but it's essentially just him and a piano is what it what it sounds like to me. Um, there's some uh, you know ambience stuff and some kind of rumbling and things like that, um, uh, and, and some backing vocals I think. Uh, but you know the 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 flaming lips one and Nell Nell Smith, um, they just kind of fill in the gaps and and they make it a bit more pop oriented. Um, and it, and it's good. Uh, you know, I, I like just like what you guys said, I like how it kind of more solidifies, um, the song into something more palatable. Um, uh, but I think each one kind of has their own, has its own merits. You know, I think the, the, if you want sort of more of a traditional, more of, you know, straight laced kind of song, you go with the, the flaming lips cover. If you want something that's a little bit more depressing and abysmal, then you go with the Nick cave original. Um, and, and that's fine. You know, it really kind of just, it just depends on the mood. Um, but I, I don't really think that the, the, the cover, you know, takes it way beyond and makes it something radically different that that was necessary, you know? Um, I, I did think that when it was missing the, um, the, the outro where Nick is singing, don't touch me kind of over and over again with all of that sort of sound kind of engulfing, um, I thought that was more effective than the just kind of, uh, ambient guitar outro of the flaming lips. Um, but really, I mean, they're, they're very, very close in their kind of, uh, nature of, you know, what they're trying to do. I should mention that that's the other thing that he added after his son died. The uh, don't touch me part. Um, oh, so, okay. But uh, it, it does make the song more, uh, 
uh, yeah, sort of, it's, it's right in your face with it, with what it's trying to express. Whereas the, um, the cover version is a little, it stepped back. It still has the same sort of, you know, um, slightly depressing mood, but it's, it's much more listenable. Um, and, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, if you want, if I want, wanted to know which, 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 uh, version I would put on, I, I, I like both. I would probably listen to the flaming lips and Nell Smith one, um, before the, um, the uh the nick cave version but that said like in a movie i feel like the nick cave version would uh would would be a lot better so i think it depends on the context yeah. um hard to say yeah. which one i like more actually uh, i don't I, I feel like they're 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 different while not being that different um it's uh but i i, I couldn't i don't know i i feel like i i can't uh pick a a preference on this one yeah, it's a it's a tough one to decide, um, and I I don't know that I could either. I I think I'd agree with you that I would would probably pick the Flaming Lips version, but there is something very very uh, intriguing about the Nick Cave version. So yeah, sometimes you want that haunting atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and like you said, Dan, it would be it would be perfect in in a movie. I hope I hear it in a movie someday. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, that would, that would be very cool. All right, well, <clears throat> I think that's going to be it for this one. And up next week, we're going to do a um, another really famous cover, um, the, the Jimi Hendrix version of Bob Dylan's All Along the Watchtower. So tune in for that. All right. I caught it on audio. 